Welcome to Where Will You Go? The FBC Tullahoma Missions Podcast, where we ask our members and our listeners the simple question, where will you go as we seek to advance the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ from here to the least reached people on planet Earth? In today's episode, we are going to be interviewing in the pod our very own Brett McNew. I had a applause track. Tom removed it. Or there would be applause right now. For our very own Brett McNew, we hope you'll stick around and be challenged and encouraged to consider where you will go and how you can be a part of the mission. All right, Brett McNew in the pod with us today to talk about what he's got going on in his life. And before we get into that, for those of you that may not know him, He's only been here at First Baptist 10 years, but maybe you're a listener. You don't know who he is. Brett, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your background. Give us an up-to-date on who you are. Sure. Thanks, Kevin. That was a super great intro. I'm very impressed. Uh, The skills I did not know that you had. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Well, hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Brett McNew. I am the student and family minister here at First Baptist Church in Tallahoma. I have been here for uh, 10 years, as uh, Pastor Kevin said. And so background on me, for those who don't know, I uh, originally, I'm from Michigan. We moved to Tennessee in about 1993. Uh, grew up going to church my whole life, one of those type of deals, you might understand that, and, uh, but did not know Jesus. I definitely did not have a relationship, was just doing the church thing every Sunday, just going around and when we were we moved to Tennessee, uh, got invited to a youth pizza night, the classic. Uh, I went for pizza and for basketball and got Jesus instead. So, uh, and I got some pizza too. So it wasn't all all of Jesus, but I got some pizza. And uh, from there, uh, God has done a work in me. Uh, so long story short, there, I have been a student pastor, if you would want to say it like that for 20, I'm trying to do the math. I'm not great at it, Kevin. So You're old. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, 23 years now. 24. 24 years. I've been doing student ministry for 24 years. Uh, so interesting. I, I was just thinking about this on the way up. I was like, you know, it's just kind of your typical pastor thing where you start when you're starting in college and you keep going. But I've only served in three churches over those 23 years. Nice. So I've been here 10. I was at First Baptist in Smithville, eight and a half. And then I served at the church I got saved at, uh, Thompson Station Baptist Church, for four years as like the intern that never left. Mm. And here we are now. There you go. What about your family? Tell us a little bit about your wife, your kids. Yeah. Uh, I am married uh, to my wife, Becca. We've been together. We were debating this uh a long time as well. So it's also been about 24 years we've been together. We've been married uh, coming up on 19 uh, this year. I have a 15-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. Um, and if you've ever met them, you know they are uh, unique in their own ways. <laughs> uh, my, uh, my, my oldest is sweet as she can be. Um, she's never met a stranger in her life Uh and we'll talk to anyone about anything very, very closely. Um, my son, uh, he is uh, adopted. Uh, he is awesome. He's uh, 
Very cool. Got a sweet mohawk. Uh, currently loves World War II and weird oh, things like that. Interesting. Yep. We'll tell you all about it. Um, that's about all he'll tell you about currently. But if you want to ask about Normandy, go right ahead. All right. I live in Normandy. You do? Well, not that Normandy. Right? It, it is a Norm. There is a beachfront in Normandy. There he is. So, you are in the middle of a transition or at the beginning of a transition, somewhere in a transition to IFR. Can you tell us what that is, who that is, what they do? Yeah, so we are partnering with IAFR, that's International Association for Refugees, and uh, basically they work around the world. It's a small organization uh, with, obviously, refugees. Uh, Our language that we use is just basically forcefully displaced people. So that's anyone that's been forced to leave or flee home based on, mm, this is the technical terms, man-made things like war, uh, persecution, things like that. Uh, And so they have camps in, they work in Africa, they work in Europe, um, they work a little bit in, in Asia and in the States and North, I would say more, just North America, um, not so much South America at the moment. Uh, and so they are a, uh, basically a Christian organization. We, we believe in being the hands and feet of Christ in these different regions. And so they enter into refugee camps, refugee ministry, um, and try to find locations where we can do um, the most good. I guess you'd say it like that. Now, if you were with us for our very first podcast episode, what we talked about was the mission philosophy of FBC Tullahoma. And one of the things we covered in that podcast was our five tiers of mission that you have been invited to see for yourself with your very own eyes down the hall next to the library. Brett was part of working on that hallway for months and months while we were true. while we were in the midst of COVID and meeting outside. And you can go to that hallway and you can see the big map lit up. You can see the two kiosks there and you can explore the five tiers of mission at FBC Tullahoma. And tier number three is our relationship with a refugee ministry in Karlsruhe, Germany. I hope to have Peter Vamal Sakharin on the podcast in the near future. But Brett's ministry and, and what they're doing with IAFR would fall into that category where you're, you're working in Europe. It's not a huge leap. It is a leap, but it's not a huge leap into the unknown and to be able to work among refugees from other cultures and other uh, countries. So keep that in mind as you peruse that mission wall that what Brett is doing would fall under that tier number three. Um, So IAFR works with refugees in Europe, and you and Becca and the kids are going to be joining up with IAFR. Correct. Full-time. 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 So you are transitioning out of here August 31st. Something like that, yeah. 31 days in August? I'm not sure, honestly. I think so. Let's do the knuckle thing that Andy loves. You count the big knuckle, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Yes, there August has 31 days. Shout out to Andy. There you go. He hates that, but it works. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got a couple more questions we're going to ask Brett, but first, do you know what this sound means? If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that that sound means we are about to introduce our book of the month. And our book of the month this month is called... You guessed it, Mission Smart 
by David Frazier. 15 critical questions to ask before you go overseas. Listen, if you are praying about, thinking about, or considering going overseas in a full-time or long-term capacity, I want to encourage you with all that I have within me to read this little book by David Frazier, Mission Smart. It will help you navigate the waters of going overseas. Are you ready to go overseas? Are you the kind of person that needs to go overseas? Do you have the qualifications and the capabilities to go overseas? How do you partner with churches? How do you partner with other countries? How do you do this thing of missions? Read it as an individual. If you've got a team, read it with your team. It's got discussion questions at the end of every chapter that will probe you and help you think through 15 critical questions to ask before going overseas. Mission Smart by David Frazier is our book of the month. If you're thinking about missions, you need to get it. All right, Brett, we are talking about IAFR and your transition to that ministry and into a new role. So I want to know, as much as you know, and I know there's a lot of cloudiness in the beginning of these stages because you're thinking about support raising, you're thinking about Mm-hmm. All the things you have to think about. There's just too many to talk about in one podcast. But as you look into the future, as much as you know now, what is it that you're going to be doing specifically in France, both first when you get there and then in the years to come? Okay, yeah. Uh, so there is a lot of cloudiness because, as you know, like there is so much to do. Uh, but when we get to France, we'll jump all those steps of getting there. We will uh, first be going to language school. Everyone loves going back to school. It's super exciting. I love to learn. We French. We we. So, so that's step one. Um, And people ask, why are we learning French if the people we're talking to don't speak French? Well, at one point they will have to if they are staying. Uh, They have to learn the local language. And you're going to want a hamburger at some point. Indeed, and I need to uh, be able to survive. And so, uh, step one is learning French. Uh, We'll go to a language school. Um, hopefully for shorter rather than longer, we're tr- putting some effort into learning now and it's, uh, going great. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, that's step one. Once we're done with language school and can get basically a B1 level of language, there's tiers and we don't have time to get into that. But you can look that up. Um, that's basically able to survive in a French city, uh, comfortably without, you know, I won't be able to maybe read textbooks, but. I can communicate mm-hmm. well. Uh, from there, we'll be moving to uh, Lille. We, the school may or may not be in Lille. We're working on that. Uh, we'll be moving into the city of Lille, which is a uh, transportation hub type of town uh, on the north border of France, which is right next to Belgium, if you know your geography. And it's kind of one of those places where people come from all over the refugees because of the train systems just all kind of lead into Lille and it goes off to onto uh, Belgium or the Netherlands or over actually to England under the channel uh, throughout France. And so it's just kind of a, a hub for refugee uh, migration, if you will. Uh, and so we will be working in a refugee center uh, that was started two weeks before COVID hit. Like they just opened up and then closed back down. Nice. Uh, so it's, I, I will not attempt to say it in French. Basically, it is friend, the friend of exiles uh, and is connected to a local church. They rent a space. And so in there, we will be basically think of like a refugee welcome center where it's open. You can come in. Um, you can, you know, if you have a phone, you can charge it. If you're just looking for a place to take a nap and a chair and be safe, it's there. 
Um, and we offer classes and different things based on the needs that we see. Um, and so basically that's home base for us is to just be available and start building relationships uh, with refugees as they come in. Out, out of there, we then kind of go out into uh, Lille. Uh, some of the teammates that are there already um, are have located this different, um, I don't want to say camp, that gives it the wrong idea. This, uh, so there, there's refugee camps where they're officially staying, and then there's camps where they have found space. I know there's like one abandoned warehouse where they have basically moved in and fixed it up and created ramps and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and so uh, we would go there and just kind of just check in on people, see how they're doing. And so our, our main focus isn't the uh, food, shelter, water aspect. Like we do those things when it is necessary, when there's no one else doing it. But we focus more on the faith, community uh, contribution, those type things of giving people able to find a home again and to begin to heal uh, from their, their journey and just be present with them and uh, offer the stability of relationships and then try to connect them with local churches. And particularly if we can find local uh, refugee-led ministries, like we really want to be a connector uh, to find um, the opportunity to say, hey, you would be great fit for over here or hey this person we know you're doing great ministry we found this over here come with us and we'll introduce you and so like we're kind of a trying to keep our eyes open and just meet as many people as possible and connect things to local churches and that's we would believe in you know IAFR really believes that the local church really is um, God's plan uh, and so that's high on our list more than um, just given out a water bottle, we mm. want to try to connect people. So you're going to organically get yourself involved in these people's lives yeah. in a natural way, link them into local, yeah. it ho- takes time. hopefully healthy churches yeah. to to continue the process of discipling them yeah. towards Christ. It takes time and it takes a lot of constant, consistent mm. presence, uh, but that's that's the goal of, of the Welcome Center. Now, if you are completely clueless to refugee work and internally as well as externally displaced people, it is literally probably the greatest crisis, but also the greatest opportunity mm. of our lifetime, if not in a lot of history. Mm. I mean, people have been moved. And I just think of um, Acts chapter 17, where the Bible says in verse 26, that he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. So God's determined where we're born, God has determined the boundaries of our dwelling places, and those boundaries are constantly shifting, and sometimes those boundaries move because people are displaced. Why does God do that? Verse 27 says that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, yet he's actually not far from each one of us. You know, the reality is God is not far from those refugees in Syria. But when they're displaced out of Syria, sometimes God uses that migration to help them feel their way to discover him in a person who's waiting for them to show them the love of Christ and to point them to him. That's what we hope for you and your work in France uh, in the future, Brett. So what can we pray for you about? If we, if you wanted to give us a little prayer list, the listeners to where will you go, want to pray for you, what would you say are your needs? Well, uh there are, <laughs> there are several, but um, I'll try to summarize them in, and this is probably any missionary, one is funds, right? So we mm-hmm. were self-supporting, um, 
And that's basically we're raising our funds to go and to minister. Which, by the way, let me just say this for all of you dyed in the wool, Southern Baptist, it's true. true and blue. Mm-hmm. There's only about 3,000 missionaries of the thirty to 50,000 evangelical missionaries that get paid without having to raise their support. The pattern for the vast majority of missionaries, solid missionaries and not so solid missionaries all across the board, the pattern is self funding raise your own support the church steps in and raise the helps them raise their support and it's really been the pattern since mm-hmm. the book of acts i'm not saying that cooperative program is bad I'm not saying that lottie moon christmas offering is bad i'm saying it's not normal so when you hear funds we need to raise support that's normal so okay sorry yeah. buddy go no, ahead as, absolutely and as as your pod, as the podcast goes on and you have more missionaries, you'll probably hear that story. Oh yes, uh, quite a few times. And so we got to raise our funds. Um, that's step one. Uh, two is we need I would I call it favor with governments. Mm-hmm. Got to get visas. Got to get approved. Got to get in. So that's borders with COVID visas, uh, all that stuff. Uh, then I would just say three are family ability to stay focused on Christ during all the crazy, uh, the moving, the language, all of that stuff. We want to keep our hearts together on focused on him, um, without being distracted by everything. It's a lot. It's a lot to do. Um, trying to find a, trying to find a place to live and where you don't speak the language is just a hoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those things are heavy. And then, uh, I'll say fourth, just ongoing, um, the ability, the ability to minister and disciple and love people well, like there will be, and to keep our hearts grounded in him. So when you min- when you are working with refugees, everyone has a terrible story and that's just what you know you're entering into uh, hardships and loss and all those things. And so it can be a lot if you try to shoulder the weight of that on yourself, as opposed to, turning those things over to Christ and walking with him and saying, God, I can't, I can't save this person. You can, you can't, I can't heal this person. You can, uh, I can't even open their eyes. Your spirit does the work, but I want to be present and be used. So uh, help me to not internalize the weight of all of this, but to trust you and to walk with you uh, as we, as I am present with people who are hurting and need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that's probably just an ongoing prayer request for the next few years for all of us. Uh, all of those will probably be consistent prayer requests. So. Probably so. Okay. Well, Brett, thank you for joining us here today on the podcast in the pod room. It's a pleasure. Where will you go? The FBC Missions Podcast. We are going to end our time together by praying for Brett and also for praying for our unreached people's that we're going to pray for today, this week, which I failed to do in our last podcast episode. But hey, I'm learning here. We're just getting started. And today we're going to pray for the Arabic-speaking people of Algeria. And we're going to pray for Brett McNew. So let's do that now. God, we thank you for Brett. We thank you for Becca, for Jay, for Canaan, for the willingness to step out on faith. We pray that you would raise up funds for them, that you would give them favor with the governments, and that you would help them to focus on their family, to strengthen their family. We pray that you would help them to love people well here and there, to minister, to keep their eyes on you in the midst of difficulty. And God, we pray for those Arabic-speaking people of Algeria who need your good news, who need your gospel, who need 
who need a work of your Holy Spirit in their lives to raise up leaders, form churches, to reach their own people. God, we pray for all of these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you taking the time out to join us on Where Will You Go, the FBC Tullahoma Missions Podcast. Hope to see you next week, same time, same place. God bless.